This podcast is part of the Midwest Podcast Network. Find out more about our other shows and how to support our network at MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Welcome to the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, John, and here with me today are Brian hey. and Alex. Hello. This is day four of PAX, Sunday, the last day. This is going to be our little wrap-up. Uh, again, if you have anything you want to say to us, any feedback you want to send in, send it to MidwestGameNerds at gmail.com. Be sure to check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links for all the ways you can listen to and support our show. Um, yeah, today was a little bit of a lighter day. We did a couple of panels and played a few games uh, Alex, you played uh, a handful of good stuff. What, what do you want to start with? I did. Um, I'll start with a little game called The Gardens Between. It's something that was announced for PS4 at PSX this past December, but it's also coming for Steam and Windows and Mac. And uh, it's this little puzzle game. You're basically controlling, kind of controlling these two children, two young boys that wake up on like a uh, an island and you find out that if you hold right on the left stick then time moves forward and they kind of walk along and if you hold back then time moves backward and you're like using this lantern thing that you find in order to take orbs of light to receptacles that like open bridges and like finish out the island essentially okay and there's like a series of islands that you can do it's interesting. It, uh, unfortunately, when I walked up to it, there was a, I think someone else had been playing before me, and I just kind of picked it up. I thought it started back at the beginning, but it didn't, and I was entirely lost. Lost, but it was weird because I don't, like I probably forwarded and rewound that segment several times and didn't find anything to interact with, so it could have been a bug, too. I don't know. Yeah. But then I restarted it and I played it and it was it was good. It was fun. Um, it seems like a fun little puzzle game. And, uh, you know, it's kind of from like a side-scrolling perspective. Not really... Uh, but it's, it's all built around a cylinder essentially because all the islands are like circular shaped. Okay. At least from what, I, from what I saw. Yeah. But, uh, no, that was good. Uh, does one of you want to talk about something? We played two of the same game so we can talk about yeah. guacamelee 2 we played them together so we can talk about our wonderful cooperative experience, experience. by um, drinkbox studios yeah guacamelee 2 was fantastic yes. uh there was a fairly decent sized demo to sit down and play it was like one level one sequence of the of the story yeah. guacamelee uh the original is a metroidvania style game for those who aren't familiar where you play as a luchador uh, you can grapple enemies and throw them into walls and things to do damage. That same element is also in this. Um, I don't think this is a spoiler by any means, but in this one you get transformed into a chicken and are able to transform in and out of being a chicken at will. And when you are a chicken, you can peck things. You also have like a dash attack that you can do. Like when you fly midair, you can like dash down or any direction. <laughs> you can still grapple, but it's hilarious because it's just like you're gripping onto the enemy's chest. Yeah. As and the checking them. <laughs> yeah. Did you mention this is a Metroid style yeah, it is side a, it, scroller? It's a Metroidvania style game okay. where it, it, there is like a map system similar to Castlevania games. And yeah. uh, it's, it's uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like perpetual? 
in that you can keep returning to previous areas. There, there's a definite puzzle platformer kind of element yeah. to it, for sure. Um, just the style of it's just great. Like, I was laughing the whole time, and the people sitting next to us just looked so serious, Completely. and they just kept trying to... They were, like, moving so fast that they kept teleporting me forward. That's what... It was kind of... It was. It wasn't helping my experience. Yeah, it does. It has four-player couch co-op. Okay. Yeah. And so it once you progress through a frame of the screen, it brings everyone with you. Yeah. Uh, I actually, I think maybe at least two people have to be at that yeah. side of the screen to make well, it do it that. Those two people. Uh, or me. <laughs> I I actually made it to the end a few times of each screen. Yeah, I mean so. that's fine once you try a bit. But I just felt like I didn't even have a chance to take in the scene before we yeah. were on to the next scene. And uh, um, some of the platforming elements were different and interesting. And difficult. Where <laughs> they, like they had um a, a, like scrolling bits that would change the screen from being like the normal setting to being like a lava filled setting. So like mm, yeah, you would have to progress through a certain area before the lava would flow over. I can't really. Ex- it's really difficult to explain um but it was really cool uh i really enjoyed it i'm a big fan of the original and uh want to play it some more yeah now that i played I, the i feel the like i need to revisit demo. that game. yeah i definitely want to go back yeah i played the original at some point and i got pretty far but i don't think i ever finished it so it would probably be good to go back and, yeah. and give it a try i do remember the most fun i had playing the original is when uh john and i couch co-opted it for a yeah. little bit yeah it was definitely fun. So I'm, I'm, we should just, the three of us should just play some of it. That'd be yeah, cool. Definitely. Do a throwback. Uh, Do it on a, on a stream or something. Yeah, yeah. The, the two people we were playing with were the most emotionless people I've ever seen. It. Like, yeah, I mean, it was... That's hilarious. what like, separates the us dialogue, from the, the pros. Artwork, yeah. You know? That we have a sense of humor. Yeah. Like if you're a pro I mean, gamer, I, you go to PAX. <laughs> these guys, they probably that was the last game they had to complete to to finish all of them. Yeah, to get I, the, I really the wish achievement of all games at PAX. Yeah, I wish people could see the face you're making when you say that, though, because you just look completely, so dead right completely now. Yeah. Deadpan. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was they're cool. They're just not emotional enough. <laughs> I definitely want to play more of Guacamelee Two when it comes out because it was a good time. Do you know when? Uh, I don't recall seeing sometime this year. Probably. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but yeah, the the art style is awesome, and the game definitely has humor mixed into it. Like it's yeah. it's kind of self aware in that respect that like it knows it's 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 funny, and it's like it does a lot of really like one of the things you can do with the chicken is you can pick up this power up that makes your chicken take up like a huge chunk of the screen. So you oh, yeah, the giant giant chicken, are chicken mode, uh, and that's pretty damn funny. So, but not to those two people we were sitting next to. Yeah, they found they didn't even funny. crack a smile during that. We could have farted and they wouldn't have found it funny. Yeah, the Guacamelee two. Most recent trailer came out March 30th, so it's coming soonish. It's going to be on PC and also looks like PS4 as well. So not Xbox this time. Maybe I don't. It doesn't. I don't know I, that I, it's been. To be honest with you, it would be the perfect game for Switch. Drinkbox is small enough. Oh, yeah, it that would be. It would be the perfect game for a Switch. Drink- Apparently, that's the saying nowadays. Oh, this would yeah, be perfect everything. on Switch. Drinkbox is small enough that it will probably take them time to yeah. move it to gotcha. other places. So. Cool. What else did you play, Alex? Um, I played another game that I can't talk about too much called Underworld Ascendant. We're going to record another little thing that we can you know, have available for everybody to hear on the 13th. But it was our first kind of uh, closed-door experience. 
Um, yeah, I mean, can my you even mention that well, you no, played my thing. Yeah, with, I can. I had a presser with Citadel Studios, or Citadel Games. I don't remember exactly what they yeah. called, but I had one of those with them. But it wasn't necessarily closed door. Like you actually went to like a different facility, right? To like, well, it was just the the hotel that was next to us. In, they had yeah, they had so. an actual. But no, a it was secret Weston Hotel. Yeah, they said I could give uh, kind of brief thoughts and stuff like that. But I'm just going to save it all for like an extra little thing we can we can put out the day that I I'm allowed to talk about. Looking it, so. forward to that. Yeah. I'm glad you got to try that. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was an interesting experience. I am excited for that game, but I know nothing about it. Yeah, it uh, uh, five hundred five games, I believe, is uh, the publisher. Okay. And uh, other side entertainment is the developer. It's the guys. There's a lot of pedigree there from Thief and uh, uh, you know Warren Spector works with Day them Sex. as well. Deus Ex, that kind of stuff. So some serious Square Enix behind them. Yeah. So uh, we'll, I'll, I'll, we'll actually, I think they would all be IDOS technically. Yeah, probably. But so. I'll, uh, I'll, we'll, we'll have more on that later. The other game that I did, oh, I played two games today. I yeah. forgot about you them because I didn't get cards. Uh, I played the game that I mentioned previously for PSVR called The Persistence. I think The Persistence was the name of the spaceship that I was on or space station. They didn't really give any story or anything yeah. background. Um, but it very much feels like a PSVR Dead Space. That's cool. Uh, you're kind of going through the space station. There's zombie-ish creatures. There's little stations that you can spend. F- uh, it's a first-person shooter, first of all. But you can spend fab fabrication credits or fab credits at these little... Uh, kiosks. Kiosks to build weapons for yourself. And they are expendable weapons. Like, however many bullets you have, uh, the gun is spent. And then it gets tossed away, essentially. Um, but the, it, it seemed okay. Like it, it, the weird thing is we, we talked about how we wished it was PlayStation aim enabled. Just any, like I would have loved to have seen more games with the aim at all. Yeah. Well, the thing is that the way that they're, you, the way that you're aiming with the game is using your head, which felt a little strange to me Mm. because it's kind of weird just to kind of like use your head to to aim the reticle it's nice in some ways because i'm better at that than i am my hands when you when you battle remove zone is like that when too, you remove the hands from your hand eye coordination it gets a lot better battle but, zone battle zones like that too yeah it? battle zones yeah. like that too and it, it's okay but the thing is, is that i feel like they missed an opportunity to give another game to use that aim controller because right. there's no reason that it wouldn't work well to do that with yeah i wonder if killing floor will use it too killing floor was using move controllers right. on the on the floor so that's entirely possible yeah but that reminds me i saw a game being played the other day i do not remember the name of it but the uh the player it was a first person and the player's hands were floating in midair like it should have been a vr game but it wasn't a vr game that's it made weird. no sense to me Maybe they're looking to have it in VR and it just wasn't. Ready or I for just the show. couldn't like find where the VR stuff was. Floating were, in terms of like 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 you know how like when they you were not like, attached to a body yeah, at okay. all. Like they were very visibly detached. So from the body. it wasn't like Skyrim where the hands come up from the bottom of the screen and you can see like the spells. No, no and stuff. It, it's like uh, it's London, like you could see London space. Heist. Like in London Heist, yeah. when your hands are just yeah yeah disembodied yeah. Like, hands. Like in a in a lot of VR games. Huh. Yeah, it was that's weird. weird. Very weird. Um, but yeah, so persistence is pretty cool. It's okay. It depends on how much it's gonna be. Like I don't know that is I it, would like. Is it creepy as hell? 
it was pretty creepy and it was a little cheap in that respect too because there was one point where i killed all the monsters in the room and then like it brought one out out of nowhere and maybe it was just the fact that i was playing in on a loud show floor yeah and i maybe if i would have heard it i mean i was wearing the headphones so i probably have head lice now but um i probably I maybe the sound design would have been enough for me to know that there was something else behind me or above me or wherever it came from but I had no idea where it came from so it felt a little cheap and the monsters hit kind of hard especially for the fact that like I think the game is meant to be played kind of stealthily my favorite weapon that I got was this like harpoon gun that was silent that's cool and like you'd shoot a harpoon at this guy and it would like like essentially tether him to the wall That's and sweet. start and like electrocute him. Yeah. So the, the rail spike gun. Yeah, essentially. And <laughs> yeah, so it, it, it was, they were the weapons that design seemed pretty cool. Um, but well, I know you're kind of a stickler for good weapons. So yeah. And so I hope, I hope it's, you know, I, I'm excited to check it out. I don't know that I would pay $60 for it, but if they're kind of like if Star Child and I mean, how many games on VR are really coming out at 60 bucks? I feel like a not lot of many. them are like usually like 50 or less depending on what it is. Yeah, like if if this is kind of the same if if Moss kind of set the price point for first party PSVR stuff and yeah. like all right, these are 30 bucks, they're going to be several hours long, then that's that's probably pretty good. Right. But uh we'll see. Cool. Yeah, um we also we got a chance to f- play Riverbond which was like one of the first images you guys had posted on the Instagram before I showed up on Thursday. Yeah, there's a little video of it on there. Yeah, it's uh it's basically voxel gauntlet. Um it's very cool. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. And it it got kind of tough too. Uh you you die a lot. Uh So this is uh, it's isometric view isometric it's kind of a hack and slash but there's also like guns too it's definitely hack and slash but there your character does have some form of a gun for whatever reason okay um and the gun is controlled and fired by using the right joystick so you direct it using the joystick in whichever direction you're pointing it just automatically shoots yeah it feels really cool yeah very intuitive honestly my cool. uh, my controller was had been abused in over the past three days, so I had a little bit of float going on, and some some things just weren't quite working right. And I'm I'm just gonna blame that on the fact that you know how many people yeah. handled that thing. You know, they had that. The thing is, they you guys you said that you guys played on the center screen, and I went yeah. and looked at yeah. it today, and I was like, that was not there the first day. They only had two screens up. I'm pretty sure when we first saw them on they Thursday. Like, Let's use this broken controller. And yeah, they were, they were probably like, we and need. And it to th- only it only had two controllers attached to it, so right. we had to play just two player. We need to throw together another another station for people to play because there's best, so many people that wanted to play. Best part it. about that station though is it had seats. Yeah, yeah. we got to sit in chairs. That, that was awesome. <laughs> That's cool. Um, but it, it's I want to know more about the game because I don't quite understand the characters. There's like a pug's head, and then there's a donut. <laughs> I don't and think you're supposed to understand. There's the characters. a cat in a spacesuit. I want to be the a watermelon, head. like a karate. Yeah, it was watermelon. a chunk of a watermelon. That was like those are your characters. They have swords and they have guns, and you can pick up, um, you know, the standard rail shooter style space shooter uh, triple beam weapon or the double beam weapon for your guns. So those so. kinds of power ups. Yeah, there's like little power ups. There's there, my favorite one was you get a, there's a mushroom that makes you bigger. So <laughs> I, I wonder my, where they got that idea. My donut became a giant donut <laughs> with a big ass I sword. Had a giant watermelon and it was awesome. Yeah. So um there was very, a currency that people were collecting too. Yeah, right? you collect coins, you can collect different skins and things for the the different characters that you can play yeah. as. 
Um, there's different jewels and stuff. It's very point based. Like it does rank you at the end to tell you like, oh, the, you know, yeah. this character came in first or second, third, fourth place. Yeah, despite having a broken controller, John kicked my ass. I, pretty yeah, hard I was, in I score. was good. Ten ten thousand points ahead of him. Um, nice. Everything pretty much. Yeah, pretty much everything is destructible, which and is it grows gratifying. Back. If you wait around, it'll all come back, <laughs> which is kind of cool. And it pretty much all gives you extra score. Yeah. There were objectives, right? Like yeah, each so stage like each, has... each stage. So the first stage, we what we had to do was turn on three fountains. The three turning on those three fountains unlocked the doorway to the next stage. The next stage, uh, we had to. Uh, what was it? We had to destroy, destroy the fortifications. Yeah, the fortifications of the enemy. So once we did that, then we moved on to the third area, which was we had to. Um, find a key to get into the dungeon, and then once we got into the dungeon, we had to rescue all the inhabitants and then fight the boss, and then it was over. It was a pretty lengthy demo. It was about 29 minutes or so, roughly, I think, or 20, wow. 28 minutes, I think, is if how long it was. It was that long. Uh, mm-hmm. It went by pretty quick. Yeah, honestly. it was. It was. It was a fun. It's a fun um, game to play. I'm pretty excited to see it uh, finished. Uh, like I said, I want to know what's going on with this cat in a spacesuit and his donut. I buddy. really don't <laughs> care. I think it's amazing. Yeah. I can I can play as a donut or a watermelon. That's all I really care about. It's uh it's forgiving in that you can't damage your homies, which is nice. So yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, because uh, I mean you're just literally just I mean you're button mashing the whole time, swinging the sword and then shooting the guns and everything else. And there's can, there's definitely a timing element to the enemies and make and when you knock the enemies down, you can actually pick them up and throw them. Yeah, you can throw like them off the melee. edge of the map, which is like because each level is like its own little stationary area that you clear out. Um, you can get different melee weapons. I was able to get a giant ham hock, you know, <laughs> big ass hunk of ham on a bone that I could swing around and club people with. And when I would get the mushrooms and become huge, it was even more funny. Uh, the <laughs> boss was really cool. It was like a little rabbit dude, like in a giant tank thing that had, he had a close range yeah. attack that was, that would just like extend spikes from his body or he had guns that he I, could shoot you with. And if you, he turned and touched you, it basically, basically hurt you. I didn't find him particularly fun to fight, to be honest. Hmm. He had way too many hit points. I just didn't feel like there were enough ways to attack him for for big chunks of damage. I mean, like if you if you fight a, a boss in you know Dark Souls or something, which is a totally different kind of game, but it's still a large boss with a ton of hit points. There's usually ways to specifically attack them to make to do the maximum amount of damage. Yeah. As far as I could tell, it was just like it was just button. You're going to be chipping yeah. away, chipping we away. Were, we were just circling him and dodging his attacks, and you know, hitting him with a gun from a distance, and maybe running in and getting a couple sword hits. But he would turn so quickly that your sword hits were kind of like if you were if you weren't really paying attention to dodge back, like you would definitely get hit. Yeah. And if you spawned in a shitty spot where you, he would start running over you, you were basically dead right away. Hmm. Because yeah. it was really hard to get out of. When you died, did you just you just come get to back. come back? Okay. Yeah. And if if you both die, there's like a really generous checkpoint nearby, and okay. everything you already killed is still dead. Cool. So it's yeah. it's pretty. Yeah, I mean it's pretty, pretty casual overall. You, you get extra points for killing all the enemies, which is cool. Yeah, it tells you how many are in the map too. Yeah, it's so not like uh, there's not that many enemies either. It's not quite like Diablo or something where there, it's just like a sea of constant yeah. enemies. But yeah, it was a really cool game. I'm excited to see more of it. But yeah, it's got a cool personality. If they had shirts, I would probably buy one. Yeah, too. with that pixelated donut. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and the watermelon. And the watermelon. Cool. Yeah. What else, Alex? Uh, so I wanted to talk about a game that I didn't get to play, but that I really wanted to play. There were just so many people playing it that I just gave up on the line every time I saw it. It's called Just Shapes and Beats. 
It's out on May 31st, 2018, coming for Nintendo Switch and Steam. It is a kind of cooperative uh, bullet hell that is a rhythm based it's kind of rhythm rhythm based in that you're listening to like loud dubstep that is then generating patterns on screen that your little character has to dodge and you play it with up to four people there is a single player mode but it's a very hard game single player because when you play with other people you can revive each other if you take too many hits yeah and uh, there's like a checkpoint system as well. Like each song is or level has like five segments to it or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you make it to the checkpoint. Everybody gets revived even if they died essentially. Um, but it just seems really cool. Like a fun game to be sitting there playing on your Switch while you're waiting for your food to come at the restaurant or something yeah. like that. It seems like the perfect kind of game for that. Uh, and so I, I'm pretty excited about it. There is a secret stage, which is apparently not so secret anymore, but it's the Mortal Kombat theme song, and it's That's awesome. Sweet, but uh, fight hell yeah, yeah. So it, it looks really cool. It's coming out soon. I think it's going to be twenty bucks, and uh, I think I think it's worth it. It's won all kinds of awards from the different shows that it's been to. So um, I'm pretty excited for oh, it. Oh, I should say that Riverbond did get best in show. Oh, did it? Yeah, awesome. Very cool. cool. Um. The only other game that I played is a big one. Yeah, it's Triple a little, a. it's a little game called Detroit Become Human. They had very many stations to play it at the PlayStation booth. There weren't more than maybe one or two people in line at each station. Um and so this game is by it's a company the developers Quantic Dream. They made games such as Heavy Rain, Fahrenheit, and Beyond Two Souls. Uh, there were some recent accusations by the French media saying that uh, it is a toxic studio culture that with overwork and sexist or racist behavior by employees, including the studio's founders, who have denied these reports. Um, and that left me feeling pretty sour on the game and not wanting to play it. I almost didn't play it while we were here. I wasn't going to make a point to play it, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to be here I can play it right now. It comes out on May 25th. I might as well just give it a try and see how it is. And the game is very, very beautiful. It looks amazing. It has a cinematic feel unlike any other game that I have played. It was hard for me to tell when like a scripted cinematic sequence was happening and when the gameplay was going on. Yeah. And, um, Basically, the sequence that they were showing was the sequence where you're playing as a uh, a hostage negotiation android, and he comes into the situation where he has to analyze a crime scene to figure out how things happened, and with each little piece of information that he gained, it increased the likelihood of him being able to resolve the hostage situation with the android that had gone haywire and killed some of its owners and taken the little girl hostage. So you basically go through and you find some type of item that'll tell you information about the android or the situation that he's in. You could find certain things that would lead you to like a reconstruction of events. And then you could go within that reconstruction to look for other clues. Like, oh, this is where the weapon ended up. Or this victim was holding something that flew out of his hands when he got shot. Yeah, And then you can go look for that thing and see what it's telling you. 
Um, so it's very much like a detective style game. That section of it is at least. I don't know how the other two yeah, are. Two other characters that you can play as. So you know, I don't know if they've kind of uh, if it varies between those, but. There's a lot of different choices you make as well. Once you finally collect all of the information that you wanted to collect, uh, you go out to face the, the what do they call him? The deviant. They call him a deviant because he's deviating from his programming, right. essentially. And you're out there trying to hostage negotiate. And it the way that it tells, it's like he tells you to stop. And like a, a, a helicopter flies overhead and it makes him nervous and it drops your percentage of being able to resolve the situation. And then like the game tells you, it's like you can move forward and talk at the same time. So it was giving me prompts and also I could get try and get close enough to intervene in the situation. Right. And the cool thing is that once that sequence ended you could look through the flow chart. They kind of, they kicked me off and I didn't want to look at it too much because I didn't want to spoil any other potential outcomes. But I think there's got to be a point where like if I didn't move and I didn't push it forward, maybe I wouldn't have had the option that I had to like essentially, like maybe the situation would have, wouldn't have resolved in the way that it did. Right. Um, there were certain things like I found the weapon that the policeman that got shot in the room had so I was able to either pick it up or leave it. And when I did pick it up, I was like, I don't think I want to use this in any way in this situation. So then I go outside and when the android, the deviant is like, do you have a weapon? You get the option to either lie or tell the truth. And I was like, all right, I'm going to tell him the truth. And so the and your android tells him, I have a weapon. And then the guy's like, you need to throw it away right now. So he threw it aside without a choice from me. Which that was kind of weird. I feel like I should have yeah, had a choice. Yeah, given you that option. But the fact that he threw it away, which is what I would have chosen, increased my meter again to say, okay, I have more. Yeah, you're gaining. I'm more likely to resolve the situation whatever. well. Yeah. So it seems like a very interesting game, and I'm very conflicted because of the how how terrible it sounds to work as a person at Quantic Dream. I mean that may be the case, and you don't necessarily want to support the the people who are shitty, toxic people. But remember that there are probably more people in that environment that aren't shitty and toxic. That's very and true. You could look at it from that point that you would be supporting them and their creation as opposed to supporting the shitty people. So, well, and so I'll not probably to get all political. I'll find some medium. I'll probably rent the game, but still talk about it on here. Yeah. And tell other people I, to check it out if do they want. I feel like we, we're we almost obligated to review it just because it has Detroit in the name. Yeah. And we're a Detroit-based podcast. I guess. If we, about games. If we want to, if we want to, you know. Even though it probably has nothing to do with Detroit. It's just, I right. saw the Ren, the Rensen, the weird-looking futuristic Rensen. I mean, we could just play but, uh, Deus Ex. Uh, I mean, maybe like I know, I know you want us to play it separately because this is the sort of game where we would all have different style of playthroughs. But maybe it would be fun if we all sat down and did like a Twitch stream of us making the decisions as a group. Well, and yeah, I, I think it would be interesting just to be able to compare how they all went, and then maybe if we sat down and made something where like 
if we all end up with similar playthroughs, maybe we should play around online where we pick the opposite of what we would right, right. normally pick or something like that. But no, it's it's interesting and I think, you know, politics aside or whatever you want to call it, if you want to check it out, you should check it out cuz if listeners want us to play the game and review it, let us know. Yeah. Feedback. Yeah. Midwestgamers at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's those are the, all the games that we covered mm-hmm. or played, rather. Today. Uh, we did go to a couple panels. I went to a panel called something along the lines of like uh, making art in video games. Mm-hmm. It was not what I expected it to be, but it did introduce me to uh, a couple of pretty high caliber artists in the gaming world one of which uh i can't remember her last name but her name is gwen she is one of the main creators of the game the fire in the flood and that uh that's her own like her studio that she created in boston i believe she said uh and i also was introduced to um paul paquette 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 i think who is a animator for overwatch He's the f- a, it's called the flame and the flood. The flame and the flood. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Paul Paquette is a an animator, a, a contracted animator for Blizzard, who does stuff for Overwatch, and he's done stuff for League of Legends, and he did some movie animation as well. Um, it was basically just a huge rehash of things I learned in art school. <laughs> to be completely honest with you, just all about you know don't uh, undervalue yourself. Be sure you have thick skin, so you know how to handle critiques. Uh, learn how to critique other work, yada, yada, a lot of that stuff. Um, I was hoping it would have been more along the lines of how to uh, excel as an artist in the gaming world. Yeah, um, I kind of expected it to be about that, to be honest. Yeah, but it, it was not. And it was run a little bit differently because the host, who was a Kickstarter rep, which I didn't quite understand, other than um, she was asked by Nate Nazaro, who is like the one of the main guys. A board game. Yeah, he guy. board game designer. He was one of the panelists. He had asked this particular, uh, I think her name was Anya, to be the host because okay. they are friends. Um, and she kind of did it in a way where she asked a couple of questions, then she let the audience ask a few questions. And then as like, but one of the things I didn't really like about this panel was I, I felt like I, because they're awkward artists and being one myself, I understand where they're coming from in this, but they are very long-winded and slightly nervous about the things they're saying um and they don't have confidence necessarily which is something like they all admitted to they said if you're up here they were like if you're an artist in the gaming world and you think you are the shit you are not (laughs) chances are the people who actually are the shit are the ones that are walking around saying my work sucks and i suck well yeah and that's kind of a that's an art school thing like not even just an art school thing it's the 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 signs of intelligence are knowing that knowing what you don't know yeah. So. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was a different panel. I, I wish I, there would have been more information out of them. Uh, it was funny and still slightly interesting to listen to, but not necessarily what I was expecting, which is kind of a letdown. But, yeah. Uh, and then we, all three of us, went to the Patreon, uh, Patreon for Gamers or something along those gaming, lines. Gaming Patreon. Yeah, panel. Yeah. Um, and it was, that was a little bit enlightening as to, like, you know, what Patreon could do for us, I guess, as a podcast and creatives, not just being Twitch streamers and gamers. But, 
you know, I definitely want to put it out there to the listeners. Like if a Patreon is something you guys would be interested in possibly helping support us with, we would definitely love some feedback on that. Um, we've been debating it for a while now if it's something we want to do. And just, you know, being a small time podcast as we are at the moment, I'm not quite sure if, if it's something that will benefit us to put time into. So definitely let us know. I can tell you we only lose money on the podcast, but <laughs> yeah. it's fun. Well, and here's the thing that I think people need to realize is that with Patreon, you could choose to give us like a dollar a month and that dollar a month would be more than we currently make off of yeah. <laughs> doing this podcast. <laughs> so if that is something you would do, please let us know. There's always... There's room for us to try and figure out higher tiers and what that would mean for you and for us. But uh, if that is coming soon, maybe check it out. Or if you want to grease the wheel and let us know that we should do it, please tell us. Because yeah, we, would, we would love to have money. I mean, I think lobster dinners are expensive. I can <laughs> tell you that. We've had like one or two people in the past ask about it. Like, what's a good yeah. way for us to support? Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we have a support store on the website, which... You know, I think we've only processed two or three orders through in the three years we've been doing this. Yeah. Um, which I mean, that's it's no big deal. I want to revamp this the store anyways to not necessarily be the way it is, but that's a whole different ball game. But yeah, if Patreon is like instead of buying a twenty dollar T shirt or whatever to help support, like if you just were able to throw us you know quarters, like that's not so directly it, at us. Yeah, please don't throw quarters directly at I us. I mean, if you see me, yeah, I mean, that's I fine. Mean, I'll take your quarter. A, you can always use a gumball. Just try not to hit my eye. But, yeah, I, I think uh, a Patreon is something we may entertain a little further down the line here. So Yeah. Uh, I went to Paxomania, which is an event that uh, Aaron Trites of Harmonics founded a couple years ago at Pax. And it's always been this way for a bunch of people in the video games industry and the games journalism industry to come out and assume a wrestling persona and put on a big stupid show for the fans and the people in there like they just encourage you to be yelling out chants and to boo certain people and to clap for certain people there's like clear uh clear villains and heroes to the whole story that are going on is there a ring it's not a ring but they (laughs) they play they play uh wrestling games they were playing like one of the n64 wrestling games and they played they played uh they played wwe 2k17 or whatever it is and they made one of the people on stage into they used the character creator to create one of those people it was it was amazing and they they made these stupid storylines that were just so much fun to watch them unfold not to mention i mean it's a bunch of giant bomb and waypoint and other people yeah i've heard them talk about it on giant bomb before and i've never really known what it was and they have them up there to watch but i've never like sat down and watched it but going to it in person it was just so much fun to watch it all unfold in front of me there have been actual injuries at paxomanias yes people I've have broken too. ankles or hurt themselves in other ways i don't uh, want to know but Fortunately, this year there were no injuries. Uh, I think it's going to be up on giantbomb.com for people that do want to check it out. But it was just a it was a silly event and a lot of fun and uh, cool to see all those people together. 
And uh, yeah, no, nothing, nothing else too crazy about that. So, well, any do we have any final thoughts about PAX as a whole, the whole experience? Like, this is our first time doing a big event like this, like yeah. as a group. I mean, Alex, you went to TGS or whatever last year, and I was woefully un- unprepared. Yeah. Like if I had done this, I would have been a little more prepared. And I, I feel like we we were. We were pretty well prepared, I suppose. I mean, we in didn't some, some ways. Way, yeah. some ways uh, I mean, we I got us all sweet gear. We had swag. Yeah. We looked cool. No, and only I thought two of me, my four shirts were, uh, actually fit me, though. Shut up, Brian. I it's will say that I f- wish I could go back four days and try it again right now. Oh, yeah. I feel like I wasted so much time the first day just trying to get my bearings. We we did not capitalize <laughs> yeah, on the lack no. of people there Thursday, and I did yeah, not we realize... We should have played everything we could. Absolutely. We should have just stuck to the show floor and did as much of that as we could. But the thing is, I'm not I'm not regretful. I feel like we used our time pretty well, especially considering it was our first PAX. But the fact that we, as a smaller podcast, could give someone our business card and they would say, oh, you should come back for a press appointment. Right. Like, I didn't even know that I could go up to somebody and be like, hey... Can I get a press appointment? Here's my podcast. I'd really like to see your game. I want to know about it. Uh, that would have been a different story. And I, I think, um, I hope I get another opportunity to do this because it would be, I think I could capitalize yeah, on, on it sure. a little better. So that's kind of, that, that currently is my main takeaway. But I did very much enjoy the show. I think I'm satisfied with our coverage. I'm satisfied with what we did. So um, if you want us to do more of these, check out patreon.com. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's it doesn't not exist set up yet. yet. Yeah. Yet, um, yet. Yeah. Just throw money at us. No, I mean, it's, it's not cheap, uh, but it's definitely a lot of fun. I had a really good time doing this. I would love to do more events like this. I definitely want to try and hit uh, the Motor City Comic Con, even though it's a yeah. different style of convention. It's some. It's one that I still think, I mean... If you're into comics and you're into cosplay and being a nerd, like chances are you probably played video games, you know, or vice versa. Yeah. So that's I, I'd like to I'd like to do that. We're going to do the One Up X Esports uh, Expo this summer as well. Uh, that's going to be super fun, and I just I want to see what other events are going on that I think we could partake in because I, I it's a it's cool. I th- I think it helps us. I mean, not not that we we don't get along already, but I think it, it's just fun to do an event together, like as you know, as friends. And, yeah. And uh, I want to keep doing that. One thing I do want to say about PAX <laughs> as a whole, uh, I want to touch on cosplay for a minute. I here. just want to state real quick: the views of John Morrell do not reflect the views of the Midwest yeah, Podcast is, Network or the Midwest Game Nights Podcast. Full responsibility for this uh, particular segment. This is all me here. <laughs> um, okay, the first thing I want to say about cosplay is. When I see you walking around with a giant staff or sword or like things poking off of your head or whatever, I just want so bad to break these things. And I don't know why. There's clearly something wrong with me. I want to break all of your stuff. You're I'm, a bully. But I'm not because I don't do it. I just think about how funny it would be if I did. And it'd be only funny to me because the people around would be like, oh, my God, you see what that asshole that just psychopath. did? And then the person who I did it to would probably cry because they invested all this time and energy into making this really kick-ass costume. Yeah. That mm-hmm. makes me a huge dick to think these things. But the thing is... Sometimes it's best to keep thoughts to yourself. Yeah, no. <laughs> Maybe not put them on our podcast. Shut up. I Did I break anyone's stuff this weekend? Not that I know of. No, I wasn't I with you the whole time. I though. didn't. Maybe you'll be accused of it now. Shut up. <laughs> now, the other thing I want to say about cosplay is these people put a lot of time and energy into creating these, these great costumes. A lot of them were really great. There were some that were mediocre. 
Uh, the Dante that I stood in front of at the Code Vein uh, lineup or stood behind that guy. I mean, he put a lot of time into making that costume look good. Good yeah. for him. You know, awesome. Like that was that's sweet. If you're one of those assholes that rolls up to a convention and you're decked out in a ghillie suit because you love PUBG, like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> like, that's all I have to say about that. Because you are not creative. You invested zero time into doing that. And I, I think you should probably just jump off a bridge. Like, seriously. Cause that, but, that, I mean, no one would see you do it because you're wearing a ghillie suit. Yeah, so, so it wouldn't point? matter because you don't exist and you suck as a human being and you should probably should just disappear. So. I just want to say one more time, the views of John Morrell do not reflect the views of the Midwest Podcast Network or the Midwest Gamers Podcast in any way. This is, this is by no means like... A, I, I told you. These I, are not statements that no, are... No, no, no. I know. I, I, I know think it's saying. pretty funny. Pax, PAX is the sort of event where you are allowed to be whatever it is you want to be. If you want to walk around looking like a bush, good for you. But I'm telling you right now, if if you think you're cool because you're decked out in a ghillie suit, you are not. You suck. And that's I don't think those people think they're cool per se. They do. But how many people did you see walking around in a ghillie suit? Uh, at, least at least seven different people. Oh, wow. Are you sure? Yes. I saw two to three because there were at least seven different ghillie suits and there was definitely like at least two guys that had made giant sniper rifle props to go with their ghillie suit and they were completely different as well okay well i mean i don't know it's just it's a guy wearing the tachanka i don't think it's a cop-out because i just feel like it's 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 something different to it be. It is a cop out like, because it's, yes, maybe there's unless, seven. Maybe there's seven ghillie suit PUBG listen, players. Unless but you're the dude. How many? How many cloud strifes? I saw like a billion cloud strifes. Unless like, you're the dude who walks into Joe's Army Navy on Woodward and you buy up a bunch of old like army parachutes and cut them into strips and you buy some netting and make your own fucking ghillie suit. Maybe you, they did that. They didn't. They went to Rothko.com and they bought a ghillie suit or they went to Dunham's and they bought a ghillie suit because you can do that shit. It took you can zero. buy a ghillie suit at Dunham's? Yeah, it took zero effort. You know what effort. I'm doing for Halloween? Zero Just effort. Just to piss John off. All I'm saying is that like you may have seen several dudes decked out like Cloud Strife. There were at least 15 different squads of Final Fantasy 15 characters, okay? Yeah. They took time and invested money and creativity to make these costumes, and they did a really great job. And I feel like the dude who's buying a fucking ghillie suit off a shelf is just kind of like poo-pooing the whole thing. And no, and he's it. It doesn't matter. It's not a competition. There wasn't any kind of cosplay competition. I don't know. I well, there might have been, but was. they probably weren't a part of it. And if they did, they, they probably they, lost. Yeah, they wouldn't win. It just <laughs> what difference does it make? They're I not stealing anyone's thunder here. They're n- just none of this. Matters. They're doing their own thing, and that. yes, maybe it's lazy or this, it sucks. This entire conversation doesn't matter at all. I just all I'm I'm just voicing my opinion that I think the person wearing the ghillie suit at a comic con or any other kind of convention that allows cosplay. You're copping out. You're a lazy piece of shit, and you should disappear. That's He's, all. They're trying to. <laughs> <laughs> Hence the camouflage. They can't see how much I hurt. Inside. I mean, maybe I should have been wearing a ghillie suit to all. help deal with anxiety being around crowds. Maybe I would have. Maybe the, more. maybe the people. Maybe the dude in that ghillie suit was like Tom Cruise. It wasn't. You don't know that. I don't think they you never will. To wear ghillie suits in Scientology. <laughs> Who knows? They all wear we'll never know. don't they? It, yeah, when they're hiding maybe, to spy on their people. Maybe it was some other celebrity that I can't think of. Yeah. Anyways, Brian, what are your final thoughts on PAX East? I'm speechless after that whole <laughs> derailment Diatribe. of our perfectly decent <laughs> podcast episode. 
Um, uh, yeah. I just, I wanted to stay on I the, en- sorry, Brian. I enjoyed it. I, I wanted to stay on the record. I did tell John that I felt as though his thoughts were kind of antithetical to Pax. Because, but, and as he said, you know, Pax is a place where people can come and cosplay as whatever they want to cosplay. But anyway, it doesn't really matter. John was just speaking his mind. John's just being John. There he, were a lot of other really good cosplays. Yeah. Those are cop-outs. Enjoy those. Ghillie suits are cop-outs. Enjoy the other good cosplays. And then just look past the ghillie suits and, you know, ignore them like they're meant to be ignored. I just feel like you'd be better it off It wasn't as lazy as the three guys, that, four guys that dressed up like they were part of the Midwest Game Nerds podcast. <laughs> It wasn't as, oh, we didn't get a picture of my podcaster cosplay. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of mediocre, but whatever. Those guys should go jump off a bridge, I yeah. guess. Anyway, Brian, back to your thoughts. You enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, but it, just, yeah, being around such a huge crowd of nerds. I mean, we're all nerds. We're Midwest game nerds, you know. For that long, all day, every day, for four days straight, was a bit much for me, honestly. I I, I was done by about t- 3 o'clock today, I think it was. I went to Harpoon Brewery, and I sat by myself, and I drank some beers. It was the best part of that. It was the best part of today, I think. <laughs> better than your meal? Your dinner? No, okay. It was the second best part of today. <laughs> your, and your breakfast was pretty dope, too. <laughs> Sometimes I just need to get away from it all. And don't yeah. get me wrong, Harpoon Brewery was full of people, but I'm the same it, way. it wasn't exactly the same. I'm going to need at least a week in my game room at home not talking. Well, I'll talk to people. I don't even need headset, that. It's just I just the the sensory overload of what's going on yeah. at PAX. Like yeah, all the cosplay stuff and I have to say all I, the shitty food and all the just <laughs> stuff everywhere the the flashing lights the noise the people i I did it's like being in vegas times a thousand and there's no money to win i did feel better by the end of the first day and i feel like i've acclimated to it like i i'm gonna move through crowds to go do the things that i may maybe it was just that i had developed goals of like i'm gonna go do these things and when it was too much, you could just go away and slip into a panel and just kind of chill out for a second and be in your own space and, you know, retreat back into your own head. But then, like, it, I feel like I found a rhythm to it and I feel like it felt okay. Like, and that's why I said I wish I had done this prior to TGS because at TGS, like, it was hard for me because I didn't even have the language to discuss with people, hey, are there appointments for this thing or can I just wait in line here to play it? Or how does all of this work? Like I realized after the fact that they were doing the same PlayStation app thing in TGS where you had to sign up for uh, time slots essentially to go play the games that were there. And I had no idea about that, but um, you know, it, it, it is overwhelming at first, but I feel like I warmed up to it. And that's not something that I expected out of myself either, but yeah, I mean the first day at first, I mean, like, like I mentioned before, just when you first descend down into the main floor is Mm -hmm. just like a holy shit moment. It's just super overwhelming. 
but also awe-inspiring. It's just mm-hmm. amazing. And um, that was cool. I mean, I felt anxious about it for the first couple hours, and then I really felt like I just fell in. Like, okay, I, I understand where I'm going. This is going to be a good time. I have a I have goals. Like, there were panels I wanted to go to. I checked them off. I went to half of the ones I checked off, <laughs> um, mostly due to timing conflicts. Uh, and then the second day I thought, oh, well, I know where all this stuff is. I'm going to be able to do it. But it got so much more crowded than Thursday yeah. that it, it uh, yeah, I just didn't really accomplish what I wanted to. The third day I was more relaxed about it, but I feel like I got more out of it yeah. and today. By today I was just burned out next mm-hmm. time. I would probably just do three days, but, um, it was, yeah, I would do it again. I would just, this was, I would f- know what to do and what not to do if I did it again, which makes the world difference. This and was I would definitely stay closer to the conference center. This was the first time they did four days. Yeah, I know. And uh, and so I'm wondering how, in general, people walked away from that. I guess we'll see if PAX, uh, PAX West is four days or not, or if they go back down to three. That's another thing. I mean, if we did PAX West instead, we would have to find our way around again. <laughs> we wouldn't yes know where things no. are. No, I mean, it's really just... They we give know you, where things are, They give you detailed maps and things, but I think the rhythm of the show and knowing what we can ask just, for at booths... Well, and, and, and just having a general idea of, like, okay, like, there are going to be a lot of people there. Like, you know, having that kind of under your belt. And, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know how many trade shows you guys have really done or expos in the past, but, like... I mean, I, I've gone to the NAM convention in Anaheim for, you know, music, the music merchants convention. And that is very similar, but it was a much bigger facility, I think, yeah. than this. This is the Boston Convention Center is huge still, but not as big as the Anaheim one that I went to. And so I think this, that's hard to believe. <laughs> well, the show floor is spread out between different levels. Oh, okay. Whereas, like, the, the show floor for this was all one level, and then you had, like, conference rooms for doing panels. Panels and and things, like, I didn't even go to any panels when I was at NAM, but the show floor was multiple levels. Like, yeah. so I'll, there are more vendors. It's all spread out a, a little bit more. Booths are bigger, like, significantly bigger. Um, and... I mean, it's it's not as uh, interactive, so you don't have to deal with like waiting for things. You know, like you're not waiting in line for shit other than like autographs and stuff like that from you know your favorite musicians. But like at PAX, like you're waiting in line, and these lines wrap for God knows how long, and there's cutoffs for the lines, and then you got to wait for them to decide when they want to open it back up so you can go wait and blah blah blah. I mean, luckily there's things to do and places you can go and other things to look at. Um, but this was a different, uh, event type for me, even as someone who's been to different styles of expos in the past. So, um, I mean, just having, having this one under my belt, I feel like, like I would, I definitely want to do it again. Yeah. And I, I think coming out of this, I don't know that I want to go to E3. Yeah. Like it's so PAX is so consumer and fan and attendee oriented that e3 just seems like something it would that be too rigid and not as fun yeah e3 seems like the ass kissing equivalent of PAX. well e3 e3 seems like the absolute we're here to do business these are media outlets going to meet with publishers to 
cover games, period. And PAX is so much more about, hey, here's all these tiny indie developers that need you to come and see their game. Right. So that you check it out and tell your friends about it and talk about it on your podcast or post about Play it on Twitch when you're streaming, like all that kinds of stuff. Take and pictures it just, if you want. The, I mean, it's it's definitely cool to even. I mean, you have the big three there. You've got Nintendo and Xbox and Sony and PlayStation. Like, but they're all pushing like maybe one flagship game or two. Yeah, and then they're really pushing their indies, which yep. is awesome to mm-hmm. see that. Like, you this is the community where like those big companies are actually telling you like, hey, check out these other offerings we have too, because you know, you might be into this as well. Like, yeah. That's pretty rad of them to want to be a part of this. So, and I mean, I'm sure based on not just the size of their booth, but the fact that they're who they are, like, or even Blizzard, like, holy shit. Blizzard's Blizzard booth, went all out. Theirs their, was huge. Their booth was and awesome. And it was so busy that I didn't even look at any yeah, of Yeah, I stuff. wanted to go look at their merchandise, but then all those... There was a line just to look those, at the merchandise. Those giant bags that they had. Yeah, yeah those Overwatch bags looked like... They probably cost more than some of the merch at the other tables. Yeah. I def- definitely did not even glance at the Blizzard booth. Oh, I didn't want to. I mean, like, I, don't I looked know, at I, the big screen, but I didn't look at anything else that was going I'm on. I'm a Blizzard fan, but there was no way in hell I was going to wait in that long. I mean, yeah. I also knew there was nothing new to see yeah. other than the World of Warcraft we know expansion, but I'm out of touch with the World of Warcraft. I'll probably never get back into it, so yeah. I don't really care. Yeah. Not gonna come there to play Overwatch. I can play Overwatch test server at home I if I want play, to. You yeah, know, like Overwatch at home because I own it. So. Yeah, so it's not you know, but getting down there to be like, I mean, we saw the dude who made Super Meat Boy and is in indie game the movie, and that was really cool for me at least. Like Brian having see Major Nelson like in the yeah. flesh, and we got to see yeah. Greg Miller in the flesh. Yep, and player unknown, player unknown in the flesh, and Dead Mouse. Who cares? Uh, but. We got to but see some these, people would. Yeah, some people would. I, I guess care. I don't care about <laughs> Dead Mouse wanting to play PUBG, but um, or I I didn't realize like Jessica Chobot was there yesterday. I would have loved to have met her. Yeah. You know? And or like, didn't you say Morgan Webb was? Doing yeah, Morgan stuff? Webb like, was there. And these 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 personalities that we there were been a lot watching. of personalities. Greg Miller and all those Giant Bomb guys. Yeah. yeah, like these people we've been listening to and watching for years. Like we're here, and it was it's cool to be a part of that. And like, I mean, again, we're just some small time podcast, but like. I'm not going to put myself necessarily on the same level as them, but like it was cool to like kind of feel like we were, you know, kind of even the playing field a little bit. Well, and I think it like if ever there is an opportunity where there are people that feel this way about us, that would be the full circle. Yeah. Like if that was a if that was something an accomplishment that we could put in our cap, I would be like, "Okay, I'm fully satisfied with this endeavor that I set out in For my sure. life." So, but, uh yeah. no 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 uh no slight to David Steele who I think feels that way whenever we're kind of around him but we're really not that important David so don't <laughs> we still love you though we, no we absolutely. love you and your support you're that mm-hmm. important to us and Tommy we love you too Tommy if you're yeah. listening I think Tommy dropped off the face of the earth we should we should have just uh we should have road tripped it and showed up on on Tommy's doorstep we didn't play enough yeah. games with him that's yeah. the problem. Um, All of our yeah. friends and fans. He's anybody, mad at us for getting him into Destiny, probably. Probably. Yeah, yeah. He's he's like, I'm <laughs> not listening to these so. guys ever again. And they loved Horizon. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tommy, I hated Horizon. So, do you guys have a game of the show? What do you? What's the game you want to play the most coming out of PAX? Uh, well, I just bought the Flame and the Flood. <laughs> 
because I like met that chick. Well, but like, what are you anticipating? Like, what what is the what is the out of the stuff that you played that's not out yet? Oh, I do. I I want to play Overland. Overland. Yeah, I want to cool. play that a lot. Uh, in Donut County for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I never even would have glanced at that game. No, but, for more but, for Rick. Yeah, Rick. <laughs> thanks to, thanks again to Rick, a uh, friend of the show, Rick, for coming out and hanging with us and being a part of this too. Yeah, I really we were all kind of like, do what? County, yeah, Rick Scott, Rick. I mean, Rick. Rick followed Fez for six years. He apparently has a good eye for indie games. He absolutely does. So, Brian, do you have a game of the show? Um, I'm. I definitely want to play more below, and I want to be alone when I do it to enhance the feeling of being isolated and small and insignificant, like below is supposed to feel. Yeah. Instead of having people behind me watching me fuck up constantly. Um. That uh, I do, I did enjoy Donut County. I mean, I don't know if I put that like right up there on my list. Um, I just want to play more. I want to know what's going on. Like a lot, like that. And same thing with uh, with Overland. Like a lot of these games that I played, it's like these little snippets are great. But like, man, like I, I just want more. Like I want to, I want to see what else. Like there were only a handful of games where I was like, this is dumb, and I never want to play this again. <coughs> Code Vein. Um, <laughs> but. Other than that, like yeah, well, you said that about Neo originally yeah, too, yeah. and it ended up being one of our favorite games of the year. I know it was all of our. I think it blah, blah, was our blah, blah, game, game of the, of the year. year. It was yeah. the best game of the year. So give it a chance. Is all I'm saying. I um, will give it a chance, but again, there were very few games that I that I don't want to know anything else about, and but everything else that was there, I was pleasantly surprised by. So there are other games that I hadn't tried that I I'm really looking forward to playing oh when yeah come like out. The, the what was the 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 mech pizza delivery game yeah i <laughs> saw I that and was tempted was called, but i want to play that too i'm uh below and tunic are kind of the two that i i would oh, and the king's bird i would like to play those immediately and both of them are going to take some time i think i bet below is probably out this fall is my guess or maybe sometime this summer. Yeah, they said this year, so they probably mean uh, December 30th or 31st. It's entirely possible. I was really hoping for some Anthem news. <laughs> yeah, there was no, no, uh, not much EA presence here. I didn't yeah. see any EA presence. There was something that I saw. Oh, I saw Faye. But I think that was like an EA incubator kind of deal. Yeah. I saw... Uh, Krogan plush toy, and that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Oh, and I got to play Far Cry 5 on a fancy EVGA laptop. Cool. That was pretty cool. But yeah, this, the whole, yeah, I want to play a lot of games now. I'm like super inspired to like play games as well as like I want to make them. So this whole event has further spiraled me into being poor. <laughs> yep. Yep. $50 lobster dinners. Definitely didn't help. No, but it, it was delicious. So, anyways, uh, if you liked our coverage of PAX East and you want us to do more things like this, please do let us know by emailing us at midwestgamers at gmail.com or visit midwestgamers.com slash links and see all the different ways that you can listen to and s- watch and support the show. Mm-hmm. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Podcast, Twitch TV, uh, you know, any YouTube. We've got a channel on there. We've got all these things going. Show us you love us so we can keep doing this and feeling like we're doing something awesome that other people appreciate. Yeah, we need about one person to chime in every, like, 
couple weeks. Yeah, just let us know and that. That's all we need. Just let us know that you're there. And you're listening. Someone's <laughs> listening to us. That's so, good to hear. I mean, we see the numbers. They're not going up necessarily. Yeah. We get numbers, but we don't get increasing numbers yeah. on a regular. Tell your friends. Tell tell your, your video game or podcast listening friends to check us out. Yeah, we would really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure what our next episode is going to be about. We'll have really. a little snippet out about uh, uh, Underworld Ascendant by yeah, Other so we'll Side have a, We'll have a snippet about that after the April 13th. Yep. And from there, I'm not sure what we're going to cover, but we'll figure it out. Let you guys know on social media. Uh, again, thanks thanks to a uh, friend of the show, Rick, for coming out and having a good time with us. It was a pleasure to be in the presence of such a legend. Indeed. Um, yeah, that's it, I think. So check us out in two weeks. And yeah, well, I guess let's take a l- real quick look. We're going we're gonna to look at, as I do at the end of every episode, the 2018 in video gaming uh wikipedia here just check out see. the other podcasts on the network too while you're at it yeah uh we still have to record an alienist recap season slash series wrap up um but that's going to happen within the next week i think uh tim and willie are hopefully doing something soon they have not done that sweet home episode yet that i was talking about just because uh, the official baby of the Midwest well, that, and Podcast you also, Network you arrived. talked about it on the air. Yeah, so it can't, yeah, so happen. It can't happen. But um, um, also... Westworld FM starting back up soon. Yes, Westworld. The second season of Westworld starts April 22nd. That's a Sunday. We're going to try and have episodes out on Monday again like we did last time. But uh, we'll see how that works because Nick's getting married and all kinds of stuff. But John's also going to be watching too. Indeed. So hopefully, I'll be watching too. Yeah. But I don't know if I'll be recording. Um, but yeah, so it is April, correct? Correct. So April 10th, there's a few different games coming out. Nothing too big. Extinction, I think is one of them. Hellblade comes out on the 11th on Xbox in case we wanted to loop back around to that one. I already own it on PC, but I haven't played through it yet. Okay. So I'd be willing to, um, review it. And yeah, so today's the 8th. So what? The 22nd is going to be our next one. Yeah. Right, so we might have a couple of days of God of War and or Nintendo Labo. Right on. So uh, that's kind of what we're looking at. That's probably yeah. That's probably it. So cool. So yeah, check back soon for the next episode, and uh, we'll go from there. We appreciate you guys listening, and let us know again. Send us feedback that uh, we're doing a good job because we like to hear from you. Or send us feedback on how we can improve. Yeah, that too. And tell us about Patreon, if it's something you would be interested in helping support us with. Uh, we're not asking for much. It would literally probably just be like a $1, $5, $10 kind of thing, I'm assuming. Yeah. We're not um, asking for anything. The main, really want to do it, the main overhead. We want you to be able to do it. The main overhead for us is uh, air freshener, because when you get three of us in a room, it just it's smells that, horrible. Yeah, hot Plus, air. Yeah, the hot air coming from our heads and you know, other orifices. Other breath that smells like hot garbage yeah so anyway yeah we're gonna stop it here so anyways thanks again see you next time peace